What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Tuesday Track Talk podcast, episode number five. My name is Kellen. I'm your host, the Jackman, for the week. I am your gas man, all things gas, Cameron. And I'm your tire changer. I'm Cam. So we got quite the episode for you guys this week. Um, Going to kind of review the asphalt world. Uh, it was fairly quiet on the dirt side this weekend. Um, and then we're going to go uh, look at the cup and review the Winchester 400 with the ASA Stars National Tour. But before we get into this really quick, make sure you got that subscribe button clicked. You got your bell turned on for your notifications. Um, so when any content goes out, you, uh, you're the first to know. So um, get that all situated and then we'll get rocking and rolling here. So um, fellas, what do, what do we got on the docket? What, what do we, what do we know since we've been together last? Well, we were together last actually the past <laughs> weekend. We, uh, True. we got rowdy. We'll say that. <laughs> Uh, they got the stones turning, but they also got uh, a little alcohol soaked, we'll call it. Understatement. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nothing new. Uh, arms recovered from the amount of darts we played, so. Oh. That dartboard is full of quarters. I, I was mean, about to say, do you have any quarters left? <laughs> uh, a couple dollars, that's about <laughs> But yeah, outside of that, uh, nothing new. Uh, I don't want to get going on the Badgers, but it's time to lock it up. <laughs> hey, you're the look, one that's saying that we're going to run the table with Ohio State. Look, okay, so I'm blindly optimistic. Like hard homers. Yeah, we're going to run the table, and. I'm sick of talking to people that are like, yeah, season's over, throw it away, whatever. No, we're going to run the table, and everything's going to be just fine. And we're going to get to the first week in December, and we're going to be in the Big Ten Championship because I was going to lose two games yet, and it's all going to be fine. Yeah, Look, this backup quarterback's going to be a stud. Everything I'm reading about him, I watched his eight-minute interview last night. I listened to him talk for eight minutes. I'm in. So in. So, um, yeah, old Cuzzy, number two, is going to – he's going to sling around. He can throw the pigskin around. So, we're going to be just fine. Offense took six weeks to figure it out. But, hey. Ski. Oh, there we're it on is. The table. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just lost a side note. Oh, I know. Side note. Did anybody watch that Giants game the other night? Ooh, no. There was like at one point I was watching and I can't I text you. Like I think I texted you and said, could one more giant guy there guy get hurt? It was literally like there was like four the straight guys were dropping. Guys. It was a it was a wreck fest on a football field. <laughs> oh, it was bad. It was really bad, but all right. Well, should we go ahead and jump into this one and, and get rock and roll on some racing content here? Heck yeah, let's go for it. All right, so we'll we'll kind of we'll touch on a little bit of the the shorter conversation. Um, we'll talk dirt, kind of getting started here. Um, fairly quiet weekend on the national tour side for the dirt. Um, you got Lucas Oil, who's off. Um, obviously they're getting ready for the Dirt Track World Championships, which will um 
we'll discuss here later on with our race picks. Um, World of Outlaws late models rained out both features for both nights. They were um, down south rained out, so really nothing going on for them. Um, but the one race that we, we did get to see or, or did run was the World Outlaw Sprint Cars. Um, they ran at Lakeside on uh, Saturday night. So um, other than that, I mean, it really was pretty quiet. But Donnie Schatz won that feature. So the old Wiley veteran. And he stole it, too. Yeah. Uh, David Gravel, he, he led the majority of the race 16 laps and got caught up in some lap traffic. And old Donnie Schatz, starting, he started second, fell back a little bit, came back up from sixth, just weaved his way through the lap traffic. He stole it out of Gravel's, right under out of Gravel's feet uh, there at the end of the race. He got a mid-race caution, too, that jumped, bundled back up and was able to take advantage of starting on the inside there. Yeah, I just I was kind of looking at some of the social media stuff, and some people were like, "Ooh, uh, is Donnie Shots kind of on the decline?" Coincidentally, the rumbling yep. happened, and dude shows up. Uh, oh, so was... Chris, he did the same thing for the Kings Royal. I mean, everybody maybe what do you want? To, most recently, he was kind of guys. Everybody was saying he was kind of on that decline. Then what does he go do? He wins the most prestigious race on the year. <laughs> I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that too. He's been a little bit. Uh, I want to say he's been not like on a hot seat, but I feel like people have been kind of you know. There's an expectation right, there. Writing him off a little bit, yeah. The expectations definitely lowered um, from what it's been, but yeah, I was just gonna say we did this earlier this year when that stuff like that happens, and then what does he do? Yeah, hold my beer. I'll just go win the most prestigious sprint car race. Yeah. Hey, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. So a reality check for everybody. Yep. So that was really, I mean, that was really the only, and even so, the sprint cars on Friday night got rained out. So it's a quiet it was, weekend. Yeah, quiet weekend for the dirt side. So Donnie Shots, your big national tour dirt winner for the weekend. So kind of a recap on everything dirt there for you. Um, so let's kind of dive into um, we'll hop over to the asphalt. We'll go right to the top. Let's let's talk about the cup race. Um, this past weekend with Larson getting it done over Bell, who gave it a hell of a run there at the end to try to get it done. Um, what were you guys' initial reactions on the race itself or the racing itself? I should say. Good Michigan, or sorry, not Michigan, uh, Vegas race. Um, yeah, you you know, multi-lanes, restarts were obviously havoc. You know, everybody was kind of keeping an eye on that playoff bubble too. Nothing that, you know, blew it out of the water, but nothing, you know, nothing down about it either, I kind of thought. No, I, yeah, I think can't say it much better than that. wasn't anything crazy that happened, but, uh, yeah, those restarts there, when they got going and we're going four wide down the back stretch, that's – Everybody's on the edge of their seat waiting for, for the big one to happen when, when we're going four wide down the back stretch. But luckily, for the most part, the boys played nice. Um, everybody kept it clean there. And um, yeah, it was a good race. And that finish was obviously, as with racing all the time, Bell needed just one more lap. Oh, I did. 
I think if Bell hammers on it one lap sooner, I think he gets the job done. Yeah, that's what he was saying, too, is that he maybe pulled the trigger a little too late on that. And yeah. I thought he had a chance there coming off a of four if he'd have really just dove down to that bottom and run that apron, kind of let yeah. Larson follow him down. I would have thought he kind of had a chance there. And he just he got caught behind Larson and tapped him. And right when he tapped him, he knew he was done. He gave he yeah. pushed all that momentum to him and was done. Yep. So kind of another storyline to go along with this this race this previous weekend was obviously a lot has to be said about the old number 12 car. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go because he's going to need some uh, breath mints or mouthwash for this conversation because, okay, so the news comes out, he's got a shock issue, disqualification, finishes dead last. Okay. Yep. Fine. All well. Yeah. NASCAR turns around and says, Oh, Timeout, just kidding. Gives him his finish position back. So he goes from, what did they say, 56 below the cut line to now 17 below the cut line? Yep. Um, uh, I mean, 56 must win. 17? Is that a must win situation for him or no? I mean, with the tracks that are coming up, I still think so. I just, it's... The performance, I mean, it, it's, you know, obviously I'm not trying to bash Ryan. He's my guy, but the Fords as a whole just haven't been performing. And these next two tracks, I mean, maybe Martinsville, but he's short tracks. He's just kind of there. He hasn't really been able to push to that top three, two first position type of thing. And it's just, I think he's got to win it if he's going to have any chance of getting in. Or he's going to need a lot of help. True. True. Yeah, and I was going to say, you're like, oh, is it must-win territory? And putting the two and two together, shock disqualification, rescinded penalty, I'm sitting over here going, it don't change anything. Yeah. He's got to win. And crazy shit happens in racing, but like you said, Fords have had a – Brutal year, which I shouldn't say brutal, but like under par, under par. And it's weird. Like the Penske team is definitely under par, but then you got a, the two, the two car team. RFK, RFK. Who, yeah. who's, you could argue they've exceeded expectations for, well, maybe you guys don't think so, but I think they've exceeded expectations for this year. Um, yeah. For yeah. those two, which is, just kind of a interesting dynamic, you know. You would have thought it would have been the other way that Penske would have been, yeah, the dominant team in our, the Ford camp. Yeah, you would have thought those those guys would have been the hammers in the Ford camp, and then RFK would have been saying, "Hey, give us some of your tips." But just a weird, weird season. Um, yeah. Then you don't even want. We don't even need to talk about Stuart Haas because. Yeah, us it's just a, about just us, a us talking tough, about them. Yeah. Tough year. Us talking about them would be about the most relevant they've been all year. So I mean I they, they just have outside of Kevin Harvick making the playoffs. That was like the, that's like been Stuart Haas's Yeah. Highlight. Highlight of the year. Yeah. And he got bounced straight away. So 
It was in it was an in and out burger. But uh yeah, I don't know. I mean it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um so when you look at it now, so let's look go ahead and kind of review the points. So obviously Larson, your winner, has locked himself into the final four. Um William Byron is nine above Hamlin plus two, Truex plus two. Bell minus two, Reddick minus 16, Blaney minus 17, and the RFK car of Busher is minus 23. So um, that three, four car race there with William Byron down to even ballot minus two, um, that that's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on there just because they are bunched up so tight together. Yeah. Um, that's we're talking singular positions if we don't have one of those guys winning races to lock one, yourself in the one bad pit stop could flip the entire script one bad pit stop one speeding penalty yep I, on on the Vegas race two points in that little ski remember who uh, picked Kyle Larson get the job done yeah uh, yeah yeah, tune in last week's episode. Check out uh, the last five minutes of the episode and see who picked uh, Larson to get the job done. So, um, let's go. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. But hey, so one of the uh, one of the unnoticed stories that I think you know would, that should be talked about is Martin Truex Jr. He's back in the plus, baby. That is somebody who. <laughs> Whatever their strategy was early in the race, <laughs> he saved his hind end the way he raced towards the end. I mean, when we're talking, when you're literally watching him pass cars and he's going from minus my, below the cut line <laughs> to above the cut line, I don't know what the strategy was there and why they did it, but my guy. <laughs> That was an unnoticed story. I don't know what he drove it to. I don't. I forgot where he I finished. finished ninth. Yeah, I just remember them saying them him coming on. He was running like twelfth, and they asked him how his cars, and he just said, "I needed to go green." Yep. And mm-hmm. a, a story not talked about it, <laughs> but for the position he was in most of the day, boy, did he drive his rear end off to. <laughs> to finish in the top 10 and be sitting at plus two because it could have been a heck of a lot worse for most of the day. He couldn't get any track position the entire day. No, none at all, actually. Uh, Boulder, after after he stayed out, he was a boulder. Cars just driving around him, and I don't know what. (laughs) Do you guys know the strategy? What, what? Grab it. <laughs> was it's one thing. It's one thing if you do something odd and you got some people that do it with you. No, solo mission. Like, grab a yeah. gear and disappear. <laughs> yeah, for real. The wrong way potentially. Yeah, in certain scenarios. But I, but he saved his day. That third stage, he drove his tail off and big time. Oh, yeah, we could be having a completely different conversation right now if he were to be back there. And, uh, you know, he'd probably be, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, but seven points under, seven, eight points under if, if he nope. were to finish where he was at. And, nope. 
you know, we'd be having a completely different conversation, especially going, going into Olmstead next week. I mean, that definitely helps him out going to that and Martinsville after that. So, yeah, he, and he's, and we'll preview that race too, but he ran well there last year um, at Homestead, and he always finds a way to uh, run well at, at Martinsville too. So he's, he, we're down, but we're not out, boys. Yeah. We're in it yet. So, oh. Um, uh, any other storylines for the cup race for this weekend? Well, I do want to touch on the penalty a little bit before, before we get into that. I mean, Bush, Kyle Bush, a little bit of rejuvenance there too, finishing P3, kind of disappeared for a little bit and didn't lead any last, but he, he stayed up front. He finished third. Brad K, we were just talking about RFK. He finished fourth, led some laps as well. So, I mean, two guys. I was really – I was – I. I think Brad's got one more opportunity to maybe win a race, and that's going to be Homestead, but I just don't think he's going to pull it off. And I think that's going to be underwhelming on his part, but he's got to be happy with where the team's at. True. I think when you look at it, they've got a lot of really good data. When you look at that program, like he, uh, I mean, I think he expected to win races, but I don't, I think you'd be surprised to say that he would thought going into the year that Busher would have the success he did. No, no I, I and I know they talk yep. very highly of him, but I just think when you look at the traditional powerhouses of race or NASCAR, I should say, I didn't think we would be saying that they'd be running better than Penske and Stuart Haas yeah. when you look at it a year or two ago. Like, I think that's been a pleasant surprise, even though he's yep. probably beat himself up not winning a race yet. I would have, you know, if you would have asked me about it in the year, I would have said three wins, Keselowski, two, Busher one. Yep, I'd have flipped that's, it for sure. Uh, yep, that's how I would have put it. And nope, then Busher steals pretty much all three away. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, Kazlowski's definitely run his fair share of race. I mean, Christ, he pushed Busher to the wind at Daytona for crying out yep. loud. So he was, yeah. he's right, he's there in the mix. There's no doubt about that. He's just, he's almost, I, I guarantee he's going to probably celebrate that win just as much as his first career win, just because it's that first win as the owner. Yep. So I would agree. It's, it's got a different that. feel. Yeah, it's yeah. got a different feel to it. It's uh, when you see you're going in with them, that especially with that next gen car and that new move, that it's it's going to feel like a first win all over again. Yep, that's a very good point. So, um, yeah. Other than that, on the penalty aspect, I mean, I, I was I was definitely surprised to see it rescinded to start off with. Cause I mean, that's damn near unheard of, especially without an appeal. Like there was no appeal process heard or anything like that. It was, Oh, Nope. We made a mistake. Playing against the spot back, all that. And I read some, uh, there's a guy on Twitter. His name is Bozzy. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name, but he's a very, one of the tech savvier guys. Good follow. If you're looking to get a little more tech savvy with the NASCAR side of things. He was kind of explaining how the whole inspection process of, of those shocks go. And he was kind of thinking that maybe some debris from other shocks got caught up in the measuring device. And that's what threw the reading off. Mm. And then when they, when they saw that, you know, that particular measuring device had debris in it, it was like, well, we can't really trust that we got an accurate reading out of it. You know, rescinded Blaney's penalty because of that unjust cause type of thing. The way it was kind of explained was that Blaney was on that very, very fine line and that little piece of debris pushed him over. 
but it was there was no justification to still keep that penalty regardless type of thing. Interesting. So that's what the that's what the the um thought was with it. I know a bunch of NASCAR officials popped up on various media aspects this week, and I have yet to listen to them, and that's a shame on me, but I'm sure they probably went a little more in depth on that too. So it was 100% on NASCAR, and and they're obviously with them. They're looking into how to make sure it's more accurate and don't have a mistake like that again in the future. Interesting. I guess good on NASCAR too. Um, Yeah. For taking ownership of it and just being like, yep. You don't need an appeal. Um, yep. But again, just as long as the standard is the standard, and True. will we yep. come across this again? Um, Maybe we're going to take, uh, we're going to take a second reading again to make sure that it is right before we make a decision and, and put something out. You know, and check yeah. the equipment to make sure that it's reading properly to boot too. True. Yep. Yeah. Check themselves, check the springs, and check themselves as well. I I hear you. Yep. I mean, how many times you hear a car that you know hits the scales, they push them back off, recalibrate the scales to make sure something went off there, or you know, hey, you know, this little bit of debris piled up, you know, whatever the case may be. They, you know, it's always they give you a few chances to get through before they make the, you know, judgment call type of thing. But yeah. Sure. Last thing and last thing on the on the cup race, and we kind of touched on it already, but Christopher Bell, I mean oh the dude talk about just a whirlwind, I mean, of emotions. Like you're in the car and you're going for a win to lock yourself into the championship four, and he's got the car to do it. Waited one lap too long, and that's lock yourself in to run for a championship. You don't have to worry about the next two weeks. No. Yeah, and guess what? Now here we're sitting. Now you're sweating bullets. Yep. Mm-hmm. The next two weeks. Sim- very similar to where he was at last year. And yeah. so I just think, I think that's the the state of mind. The state of mind in you know the two opposite ends of the spectrum uh, of what you deal with the emotions there you go from elbows up racing for a win lock yourself into a championship four to not being able to get the job done to getting out of the car and it's like I, I screwed up to get to go fight for my life again for the next two weeks yeah like, but also the- also kudos too for you know not pulling those well i had to do what i had to do type of moves which you know we may have saw a little bit bit of that this weekend but you know he could have he could have very easily you know knocked larson out of the way a little bit nudged him spun him him yep to get that win and nope he he wanted to do it the right way and yeah he even said it too he's like i'm not that type of racer i've just missed my opportunity yeah and i think too which Kyle Larson mentioned it too, just the professionalism and speaks volumes to the type of racer that Christopher Bell is. And he even said, he even said he's one of the best wheelmen there are out there and would, would was wishing Joel Gibbs would let him do the things that he gets to do. Cause Christopher Bell's big on the dirt (laughs) scene too. So, um, 
Yeah. I, and I think it's good on Bell's part too. Cause you know, we're still sitting here and Larson, I don't think has got Denny, so to speak back for what he thinks or the way he was raced earlier this year. He's got something to say yet. So like that could get the 20 car through. Well, I'm not saying it's going to get the 20 car through, but these guys, these guys obviously got, they keep a bank in their mind of, Hey, am I even with this guy? Are we cool? Or do I owe him one? And all these NASCAR guys do it. And I'm sure if you ask somebody, Hey, who are the top three guys that you owe one? And they'd be able to. Yep. yep it was top three. And know so, why they're on that list. Yep. And yep. so for Seabell, I mean, doing it the right way, not wrecking them, you know, whatever. I think that'll go to just. Yeah. Just for sure. professional respect. Those two mm-hmm. are two of the best of the business. Like they're just going to keep putting on a sh- good show and hopefully doing it the right way. And I, and I didn't say directly with the idea that he, Larson's going to wreck Hamlin to let Bell get in, but he's he Larson, might pull Bell a favor here and there. He's gonna he's gonna race if if he has an idea of if Bell's around him and Hamlin's around him, he's gonna race the eleven a little bit different than differently than he races the twenty, and oh. that's gonna come at the benefit of the twenty, without a doubt. So. It's going to be like Bajeski trying to get around Fredrickson. <laughs> yeah, correct. That's exactly what it's going to be. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't think it's a direct correlation, but I think there's going to be the collateral damage of the 5 and the 11 being buddies um, is going to help the 20 a lot. Yeah. Well, it could be, okay, Bell's faster. Okay, hey, you know, go by. You're much faster than me type of thing. But yeah. like you said, if Hamlin's coming by, all right, you're going to earn this, bud. <laughs> yep. He's he's got nothing to lose until Phoenix. Oh, absolutely. And so I got speaking of Phoenix, I got one final one final question on the cup series and I'm final thoughts. So now that my champ has locked himself in, um does he just from a team perspective, do you just throw these next two weeks out and are you strictly working on that Phoenix car? I mean, obviously they're not going to, but I guess, what are you guys' thoughts on the team's prep? Are you just, hey, let's just take let's just take Chase Elliott's setup. He's running for, you know, owner's points or whatever. We'll take his setup. The five team, we're working on Phoenix. I guess, what are you guys' thoughts on, on the five teams approach the next two weeks knowing they're locked in? Homestead, expect them to run good. Martinsville, expect them to ride. Just because I think that Homestead car is 90 percent of the way done already even before he won just with how schedules and, and setups all go with that i would expect him to still be competitive at homestead martinsville i wouldn't be surprised if he just rides around i think he's at a he's going 50 50 every week or the next two couple weeks here they're 50 percent getting the car ready to go race the racetrack we're going to but they're also 50 percent dialing in and they're doing the the nut and bolt check yep on every single piece of that Phoenix car that they're two weeks ahead of these other teams who are going to be literally racing for their lives. Make sure, make sure that thing is perfect. Correct. That's where I think it's, a, it's going to be a 50, 50 split of, yep. Hey, we finished up our prep for Homestead this week, just a little early. Let's, let's touch on that Phoenix car a little bit. Let's make sure that this is tight. Maybe let's look over our data. Let's make sure Springs are right in Camber and 
let's put oh, a little man. more sim time at Phoenix and yep, yep, absolutely. So I think I'm not going to say they're not going to give up because we're going to touch on a little bit. Dude won the Homestead race last year, um, but he they're going to spend more time on that Phoenix car because they're locked in. Well, and who's to say too? Again, you know, let's you know theoretically, let's just say he wins those next two races. That's two races that he takes away from those playoff guys to lock themselves in and Bingo. keeps that points battle going. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a better chance of knocking somebody good out. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna bury you're gonna bury some of these other guys who maybe one of these races they get caught in an incident or. Yep. They just struggle really bad. Again, especially with how close they are. Yeah. I mean, Willie B is only nine nine to the good, and we all picked him in our final four. So nine is not – that's not comforting by any means. I'll also say this right now, just to throw this out there. If there's a guy that I feel like is going to end up dropping out of top four, it's got to be Truex. I'm sorry, bud, but I think it's Truex. And I think Bell would t- hop over him. I don't think so. Don't think so. I may that's I if if that were to happen, that would be my call. Bell swaps with Truex. Just because you gotta throw that conversation out there. I mean, <clears throat> I could easily see it happening. Um no. Bell's been hot. No, I mean he's been. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that was been <laughs> you're, you're over there, like, God damn it! Why'd you have to bring this up? <laughs> yeah, I could see it happening. For my sake, he's my champ. So uh, no, we're good. We're <laughs> Can't go back on your statement. No, my ride or die at this point. Fine. <laughs> All right. Any last final thoughts there on the cup race before we kind of touch on one other kind of weekend recap? Ready for Homestead. I mean, as always, it's guys are going to be nervous once they leave there. It's going to be a good chance to make somebody's day. Sweet. So Uh, not not to divert before we get into it. uh, I was just looking in at the race. Good race. Yeah. I'm going to get a sidetrack one more time, but Alex Bowman wrecks out and, you know, whatever. But what does Rick Hendrick do with Alex Bowman? Well, I don't remember how long his contract runs for. Like, that's going to be, you know, obviously you got to take that into consideration when, you know, when, when you have that conversation about somebody. Um, I don't know. But he's somebody who's had a pretty underwhelming year. Yeah, but he also missed a lot of time with that spring car accident. So but does, does that also play into it? So just of note here, I was able to find it on the old tweeter here. Uh, this February, he signed a multi-year contract extension to re- remain with the team. Okay. So, so we're talking at least two years. Or at least more than one year. Yeah. yeah. It's a good thing that he signed it before this year because, well. Yeah, the same can be said about the nine. Talk about an underwhelming year. Also, that reminds me here. 
Let's see if I can find it. I was good. Let's take a look at the owner's points and see where he was at. Oh, yeah, because he's still alive for that title yet. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's the only reason why uh, that's even in existence is because of the uh, him being in it. That's where you can pretty much guarantee yourself every live broadcast every weekend they're going to mention it at least once. Uh, he is currently – Oh, God, I got to do math here. Let's just say it's not looking good. Ooh. <laughs> he has 61 points back from advancing right now. Yo. How do you know you're not a math guy? When math comes up, uh, it's just not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I math. went to school for engineering. You're not a math guy. You're not a math guy, but. It's also just not a good situation is what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah, 60, 61 points is what we're looking at right now as far as the deficit yep. back to fourth. Ouch. If we're curious, uh, currently it's the five team, 24, 11, and 20 in the top four. Uh, the oh. 45, 12, 17, and nine are the bottom four. Interesting. Okay. All right. If we were at all curious. Well, they mention it every week in the broadcast. Put that on your bingo card. <laughs> I'm still running for the owners' championship, but he's not in the playoffs. It's like he, no one cares. They don't. They, they crown you the champ of the owners, but they don't. It, it, it it's what it's eat. It ain't well, the same. and and I guess from that standpoint, like sure, it's all about the drivers. But this is where the money comes from too. It, it's. The, the teams really do care about it because that's where that money comes from. So that's why it's so important for like Hendricks, for example, or sorry, Hendrick, for an example, that all four cars do well because that's just more money that's feeding into them, you know, versus just having one or two cars in it. You know, RFK, they're two cars in the top 10. So they're probably going to be raking in a little bit of money coming from that point fund. Yep. So that's why it's so important. Yeah. All right. No, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying it's a different feel than the oh. driver championship. Yeah, you mentioned owners. Like, what the hell is the owners' points championship? And uh, yeah. uh, and then the question is too is, well, why is it different? When did it line up? Eh, not really. For example, yeah. for sure. All right. Well, hey, I mean, we covered. I we covered everything on the NASCAR side. There was a uh, everything from the race to owners to. The whole situation. Um, let's kind of change gears. We're going to stay on the asphalt. We're going to go back short track racing here, super late models. Um, this past weekend, you had race number nine for the ASA Stars National Tour uh, running super late models. Um, wow. Winchester 400. And we've got some storylines. Um, uh, what a whirlwind. Um, and, and even it starts with just Majeski teaming up with uh, Michael Hind, um, running one of his cars. Um, and unfortunately for him, that that didn't go well. Um, twenty, what did they say? He made it twenty six laps, I think. Uh, twenty six. Yep, twenty four, twenty six. Motor issues done for the day. Um, that that being your national tour partner. yep so he had when you looked at it two or three races ago you would think majesty's got it locked up now with the projected 
or what kind of what we're seeing and hearing and reading and figuring out that Majeski's only going to have an eight point lead going into Nashville for the All American 400 for that uh, final race of the year with the uh, Stars. So, kind of a few other storylines that go with this. Um, just kind of touch on them one at a time. Uh, Majeski's teammate in quotations, Michael Hyatt has transmission issues. He's done early. Um, Albert Francis, dudes run all the national tour stuff. I felt like every time we turned around, there was a stretch. He was spun around in turn two, middle of turn two, pointing the wrong way. He actually uh, looked pretty good early on. He did. And he had a rocket early off, but he just fell off so hard. Yeah. The long runs are what hurt him. He definitely had a short run yeah. car. And the crazy part is he builds his own motors for that car. So that's really? interesting. Yeah. They hmm. did a little they did a little preview on him before the race started. They did uh yeah. like when they were waiting for the stream to start, they did a sure. little like in shop preview and um he yeah, he builds his own motors for that car. So everything from the heads to assembly to all that stuff, he he does sure. all the maintenance on on the motor side of things. So that was kind of cool to see. Hmm. Um kind of interesting one is Bubba Pollard. Third in the points doesn't show up. Um, interesting. He's podcasting. He, he too busy, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's too busy trying to catch up to what we got going on. Is what it comes down to. Too busy trying to get BS with Bubba going. So yeah, so he's he saw he bigger fish to fry than 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 the race that he's running third in the points for or the series uh, fourth fourth in points. Yeah, well, up here. here or there, because he saw the Tuesday track talking. He go, "Holy Christ, there's we got to get that figured out." <laughs> um, kind of the last little one before we get into the big one. Uh, Gregson, guy gets Yikes. back in the super, running his uh, what we come to find out is going to be a snowball derby car, and I can't even begin to tell you how to pronounce the guy's name. Riding around gives the guy the top. The guy hooks him and fences him. Um, knocks the rear end out of it, transmissions wrecked, drive shafts out of it. I mean, just wrecked the car. The guy gave yeah. him a lane, he got hooked. Um, he even said in the interview, he, Gregson was like taken back. He's like, I I don't know what happened. We got fenced. We're going to try to get this thing back together for the Derby. Um, yeah, so gave a guy a lane, gets hooked. Um, but Kind of the last <clears throat> big storyline, and there's a few of them that go with that, is obviously the the finish. You got, and if you follow short track racing, asphalt short track racing, you're going to see the video post-race. You're going to see the last two laps. Um, was Ruggiero out of line on the move he made going into two on that restart? He was definitely, a, I felt like, but you know, watching where the guys were running throughout that race, he was a half a lane higher than where they were running side by side. I felt, and you know, he never touched Nace, you know, to give him the benefit of the doubt, never touched him, drove in hard, pushed Nace up, uh, up into the, the dirty stuff, and you know, that's where the story ends pretty much with that. It's I don't know. It's yeah, sure. It's hard racing. I think, I don't know. I think he still had the advantage. It could have raced not cleaner, but could have ran a different line and still made it interesting. there coming at the end. True. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, he was going to drive it in there hard. Oh, but yeah. Both of them were going to. Yeah, absolutely. There was. And and you were going to think Nasty wasn't going to lift on the top there to try to get it done and, and carry yeah. them on the back stretch to try to clear, which then you give them a shot to give you a shot to, to finish the race. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know what to think on the, on the corner. It Was he half a lane up? Yep, he was. But it's a crown jewel at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, well, it's a, it's a big race regardless. Yeah, for sure. The Nationals tour race. So, so is what you're saying is you're okay with doing stuff like that just based on the event. No, I, I'm going to say I'm not okay with it. I'm going to say it's a young racer leading a crown jewel. He rode <laughs> a very, very fine line. He rolled a fine right line and what's think, not. Yeah. In my opinion, he stepped over it just a little bit. Now, he could have housed them. He could have let them go by and he could have just housed them and said sure. Toodaloo. And he could have just took in the race. But did the full did the full eight wheels is better than four. Right. For sure. And he could have he could have let him go by and he could have he could have gave him the chrome horn and he could have left reared him and drove on by and called it a day. Waited till turn four to do it, but I don't know. He stepped over it a little bit, but it wasn't super egregious, I would say. Because at the end of the day, that 51 car came back in one piece. They're going to put a new body on it, check alignment, all that other stuff. And it'll live to see another day, but he stepped over it a little bit, I'd say. Yeah, I think he... I was from the standpoint that he, I thought he was running the lane out. And I guess this is where we get to short track racing is, is that okay? Not okay? Racing for the win? I guess you make the call. Um, Well, let me finish your thought and then I got something. (laughs) Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I thought he, he definitely drove it in there a lane higher, and he obviously drove it in deep, and I don't know. So, I, guess, I guess the moral of the story is he didn't punt him, you know, whatever. It's – I think it's okay, but, again, we go back to the earlier conversation of these drivers keep a mental bank of who does what. So to think that Nasty's going to race him the same ever going forward. He made a point in the post-race interview. Yep. He noted that he said, it's not like we're never going to run the same racetrack together again. Yeah. So I thought he did run it in there a little bit higher, but. Yeah. You know, uh, at the end of the day, there we've seen a lot worse than what could have been done. Ran him up the track a little bit, and you can understand Nassie's frustration. But, again, ran him up a little bit. Do I agree with it? I guess I would say, am I okay with it? Yes, because it's better than the alternative. He really could have ran him up there and, and ruined Nassie's day. But, I don't know. So, side note on that. uh 
talk going back to the owner's point side of things where, you know, all the money's at. Uh, Gio Ruggiero is currently third in that aspect. Pretty much lines up with the driver standing. So could be some payday going into that at when at uh, Nashville as well. Um, one of the points that I wanted to make though when I before when I interrupted you was how does this compare? And you know, kind of going back, you know, getting a comparison in there, especially with something I think we're all familiar with, Hamlin and Larson at Polkno. Like, how do we compare it to that situation? You know, we're running a little bit higher line to push a guy up. Just compare, not even in the argument. Like, what are we thinking? Yeah, I think it's similar situation. If, if not, I I think almost identical. You got two guys that yeah. run, run them up the racetrack. They don't ruin their day, but they – one guy comes out and the other one doesn't. The other guy's days aft. And so I think it's a similar situation. And again, I think it's better than the alternative. He, he could have ran him higher. He could have really doored him and ruined his day. So, I mean, it's better than the alternative. But again, I think going back to it is, again, Nassie will never run Ruggiero the same. Sure. You want to try to get around me? I am going to make your life miserable. If you're in the lead and you got a chance to think I'm going to do it 100% clean, Nasty ain't going to do it. So it's give and take. I think it's the same situation. And it makes for good storylines. And I guess it makes for good racing. Yeah. I, I one more topic before I think we really jump into the elephant in the room. Um, Cold Butcher ran a good race. Probably was going to win that race under some circumstances, but man, could he not keep that car off the wall? Dude, I there was twice that he scuffed up that right side. I'm like, oh, he, he's done. He bent something. Uh, he bounced it off the wall and he kept his right foot in it the whole way. Yep. Oh. Yeah. He... I was. I, I'm surprised that car came home. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And your, I mean, your biggest concern, especially at a track like that, where you have such a high speed, your concern like that is you have a tire going down. Yeah. And you don't you know wreck hard. Yeah, going into three or going into one, you can wreck pretty hard, and we've seen that even even up here with like Majeski at Madison. Oh yeah. Same scenario. He backed that car into the fence, and that was that was a lick. And you're along for the ride, especially. And then you look at these guys; they all have the four barrels on there, and they're they're humming along. Yep, they're hauling off into one and three. So it could have been a lot. I'm surprised that that car held on the way it did, especially on how he pounded the fence twice so hard. Yeah. So. That was almost like Chastain like there the first time. <laughs> Sometimes you get to the point where there's it's just like you got a you got a decision to make. Either I'm gonna I'm gonna just try to save it as much as I can, or I'm smashing the gas. And sometimes just get on the log pedal and let her eat. Yep. Yep. Not her only two options. <laughs> um William Swalich 
I'm starting to become a little bit of a fan of him. He's putting some good races together now and being a Midwest guy too. I've, I'm kind of getting to be a fan of him. He finished fourth. Dakota Strupp put in a good effort. He's been kind of fighting for one of those 400s for a while. He had a fifth place effort. Uh, Logan Bearden, Chase Berta, another local guy. He had a good run in seventh. And Austin Nason, he keeps just finding a way to to keep himself in the mix. Right. He, the dude... And he struggles early, but these longer races, especially with these stars, oh, races, these them. longer races, it just, when he's not good, he's not afraid to bring it down and let the boys work on it. Yeah. And bring it, yeah, we got three cars behind us and we're still on the lead lap. Bring her down. Let's work on it. Let's make an adjustment. Um, good make for a him. good adjustment to make some ground. Yeah. And good for him again. Another solid top 10 finish for a guy that we've seen a lot around the Midwest, but a little less now with this stars the deal stars where, going on. Yep. Yeah, he's he's committed to that whole deal. So um that's good to see him inside the top 10 because he was deep there for a while. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what he does at Nashville with how well he ran there last year before damn near flipping that thing over uh late in that race there. I mean, I, I no nobody had ever seen a super late model almost blow over like the old '87 NASCAR cars. But holy <laughs> cow, that thing almost blew over! It, it just picked it up and set it right Whoop. back down. <laughs> yeah, yikes! You want to talk about a pucker factor, <laughs> dude? But no, that's it, it's good to see that. And obviously, we have up here you have Majeski from around here that's run run really well, but. Again, it's good to see another oh, for us a Midwest Tour guy. Um, or got to go for the Midwest track. guys a little bit. Yeah, that he's run he's run uh, well with this national tour. So, um, yeah, pretty cool. But I think I think we got to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, so obviously, you got one. You got one video with the the green white checkered turns one and two. You also have the other video. Of what we come to find out is uh, Stephen Nassie's dad was on the racetrack. Um, Ruggiero goes to spin that car around to celebrate the race, and he catches him with that deck. Um, I was surprised ASA didn't come up with something sooner. Um, we just found out, what, three hours ago? Yep. It was about three hours ago. They handed down some penalties. Um, but what, when you see how that altercation played out. What are your initial reactions to how everything happened? Well, first off, glad that, you know, nobody was hurt. Let's, right. let's point that out. Yeah. Glad nobody yeah. was hurt in the altercation, in the whole, the whole deal. Uh, I, I think Nassie obviously made it a point that he was not happy. I mean, uh, you know, he pulled up, Gave him the the old number one, telling him he was number one there on the front stretch. And I think he was going to go over and talk to him about it. I don't think it was going to be physical by any means, depending on how Ruggiero probably took it. But it, that whole situation with Ruggiero spinning that car and hitting his dad was what, I mean, that you want to talk about lighting the fire and the fuel. I mean, that just sparked it. And all, all hell break, basically broke loose from there. So, um. You know, it comes down to, you know, should certain individuals be on the track? Do they need to 
keep them away from cars, do situational awareness from the drivers. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of factors into it. Um, just not, not a good look on anybody's point. Um, yeah. So, I mean, after the race, I'm totally okay with him nasty pulling up and giving him the number one and showing him his displeasure. And, you know, I think he did want to, you know, have it out or not, you know, say his piece and, you know, let him know. And I think he said after the race, like, he acted a little bit out of emotion, you know, whatever he wishes he would have handled it a little bit better. But, you know, that's where we draw the line in racing and we're okay with it. You know, if you want to give a guy number one, get, do it, pull up to him. That's promo he, video right there. Yep. Show your displeasure. And then after the race, go up to him, speak your piece, let him know that you're not happy and let's not brawl. Let's not, you know, whatever. And let's leave it at that. If yep. you leave, if you guys leave both pissed off and couldn't come to an agreement, well, it's going to make for some good race in the next time you guys get around each other. But yeah, uh, okay with that part. And Ruggiero spinning that car around. Did did he not see his dad there? Or he was so kind of to my I think into my point. This is since I watched the video because when I watched it live, obviously I was at home, but when I watched that live, I like you kind of saw him right in the corner get clipped, and you saw him go down. But it was almost like one of those moments when you just sit there and you're like, "Did that really just happen?" Did I just see what I saw? I saw, yeah. Right. You kind of like doubt yourself, but you're like, did I see what I thought I saw? But in the same sense, like this is where I've kind of debated it the last couple of days, or at least since I've seen it. Should Nasty's dad been on the track with that car hot? Probably not. He was fired up. He probably shouldn't have been there. But at the end of the day, Ruggiero pulled up and went by him with that car and he obviously saw him either through the windshield or out the door right like you got to have a little more situational awareness both ways you know he's a 17 year old kid he's going to be excited to win that race you got to know that he's going to want to burn it down yeah okay fine but in the same sense like he his dad probably should have waited until he's out of the car or the car is not running, um, especially at that point when there's so much emotion that's going into what is an absolute marathon of a of a super late model race. Yeah. So and I, I haven't think- decided I haven't decided which one it is in my mind yet, but they're both at fault to a certain extent. And I think so, I guess the video that I watched, it made it look like his dad was walking from the front of Ruggiero's car. Yeah, like they were almost kind of going by each other. Yeah, and maybe he didn't see him, but I thought he, I'm like, when I saw it, I'm like, either you would have saw him out your windshield or you would have saw him out with the window net down, you would have saw him out the window. And when he spun it around, I'm like, thank God Nassie's dad did not get hurt. That That was a hard hit. 
And you think about it, put him flat on his back. He hits his head hard enough on the concrete on the track, and he's... We're having a whole different conversation. So, to your point, I, you know, racing as a whole, we probably got to do a better job of keeping people where they belong. And... Yeah, right. And that, I think... Uh, again, another angle that you have to know that the stars officials have to know that they're it's going to get a little bit heated. When he roughed them up right away, you knew that was there was going to be something going on. Yeah. So racing as a whole, like you, with a car running, I mean, it's part yes. of it's part of Nasty's dad. You know, with a car running, going out there, and you know, whatever, somebody that you're both heated. But there's just no place in racing for that. And it's like I always think, too, with like when the, you know, NBC cameras are out there getting their victory lane or the burnout shots. It's like, man, you're getting awfully close to that race car. You don't know how that sucker's going to slide. And even some of those guys that do that for a living, it's like, dude, you're right up in there. You're in. You can't see anything in the smoke. And you're in there with that camera just giving her hell. Yeah, so I think it's a, I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to find the video, and there's just there's no, it's either there's no good angle or the video is like it's two seconds too late chopped. as far as like seeing yeah. where, yeah, seeing what direction you know his dad came from. Yeah, it. I think it's a twofold. Like part of that's driver, and like you said, I'm sure he was fired up because. Obviously, a, big race. a huge win. Um, but golly, I mean, between race officials and people on cars, like we cannot be having that happen in, in short track racing. No, and Van Grill, you 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 snapped the group right away and just said that was tough look, yeah. Yeah, a, a knee-jerk reaction, that's a tough look, and you never want to see, especially somebody go down with a race car like that. So, yeah. Um, so kind of in light of everything that went on, um, ASA, and I I made a note of it in there that ASA didn't come out with anything. Well, I stand corrected. Um, they did come out today, and they leveled penalties against both drivers. So Dude, There's no way he didn't see him. Oh, you're looking at the video. His dad was right to the left of the window. Unless he's was direct. Oh, yeah, you got that one. Well, so like my thought is because I think he still had the helmet and whatnot on. So who's to say, you know, if he's straight, straight left of me here. He's in a blind spot. Correct. True. And you're not, you're not looking at the mirrors, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but you know, this collectively was not great. Yeah, on, on, again, all on all parties. Yeah. So looking at it, so here's what ASA Stars came out with for penalties. So Gio Ruggiero, um, he got a loss of 25 uh, finishing position championship owner and driver points. $3,000 fine, and he's on probation for the remainder of the calendar year with ASA. So, um, basically, twenty five points and three thousand dollars in both divisions there mm-hmm. for owner and driver. 
for uh, Donnie Wilson. Let's just yep, yep, Donnie Wilson, yep. Uh Steven Nassie. Um, here's what Nassie ended up with a loss of 44 finishing championship owner and driver points, so nearly double 44, a fine of forty five hundred dollars. And then he's been placed on probation for all ASA events in the remainder of that calendar year as well. So, um, in addition to that, four individuals connected to the number 51 team have been suspended for the remainder of the ASA Stars National Tour season. And they are placed on probation for the first three races of 2024. So, the suspension includes pits, garage, racing surface, and spotter stand. So, not even allowed on the property. Stands is about the only place you're allowed. General admission. Yep. Your $20 ticket, just like you and I. Yep. So, um, I mean, ASA basically came out and said, they came out and said with a checkbook, uh, we're not going to stand for this. So, I, yeah. so if we're going to kind of, I'm assuming we're kind of going to kind of break down the penalty a little bit too. Yep. Um, I'm going to start with the four individuals. I agree. It's, you know, at that point, I, and I think we've said it before with other fights that have come up, it's driver and driver. As soon as you get crew members involved on one of the opposing drivers, that's an issue. Just can't have it. So I think, and obviously, you know, tempers are hot, especially after what happened, uh, you know, guys are storming all that jazz. So I agree with the, I, I'm okay with the four individuals, last race probation, all good there. Uh, I, I kind of questioned the Ruggiero and Nassi penalties and the difference in those just because I don't think Nasty himself really initiated it. It was his crew family whoever it was that initiated the whole thing did he pile on absolutely but no well i think the hard part is and i think we've seen this in other instances especially like you look back at it a couple of years ago with um bobby pierce and tyler Irby, the usa nationals they get together they run into each other under caution in lap four you got crew members involved you at the end of the day the racing world makes it known that the driver is responsible for his crew. So there's got to be a level of understanding for them that to some extent, and they're not going to control everything, but to some extent crew also has to know that something happens or drivers going to get punished for what they do as well. I almost think, and, and I don't know how the, points penalties and and dollar amounts are figured out but i almost would have thought that the points penalty would have been the same as Ruggiero, but the fine would have been heftier because of the four individuals i would agree yeah so i would agree i'm almost okay with the dollars it's the points that really throws me off it's like again you're not you're not dumping anybody The, the, the points are more on track incident and then the fine is the off track after race incidents. Correct. Yeah, so. I don't know. It's just it was drastically different. That was the part that I was like, wow, Nasty really got double what Rogerio really did. And Rogerio yeah. per se hit somebody with his car. Which again, I, I think that's that's a, as we said, it's all 
you don't know the entire story and what you know who saw what and and all that especially angle wise so i mean that's and i'm sure yeah. asa's got the same thing it's you know you can't you know really hammer down on what who saw what makes so no justification one way or another yeah 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 but it's either just, way, uh, you were involved three thousand dollars same thing for nasi you got an extra 15 because of the four people that were involved yep for sure so um yeah i so i said i even when we were planning this episode i even wrote in there uh asa didn't get involved question mark well they, they got involved. Were, they got involved and they were covering all their bases. <laughs> I think they were, <clears throat> in a sense, taking some time to process what had happened and make sure that they were making appropriate calls in accordance yep. with their own rule book. So, yep. Um, they stated their rule in the penalty as well. Um, if you want to really read into detail, Racing America put it out. Um, well, ASA on. also has it on their website. Yep. Yep. Both of them have put it out well stated. So, um, side uh, note kind of, as well, you know, talking about like the emotions going on with Nassie, you know, he's not exactly had the greatest year either. And he comes that close to winning a pretty good race and especially Winchester for that. You know, obviously I'm sure he was definitely a little, a little more frustrated than he probably would have been, but you know, that's a whole nother discussion. But I mean, that was another well, point that I kind of brought up quick too. And that had thought had crossed my mind. The more I thought about it is he was a guy that was committed to run the national tour start to finish. Yep. He runs he runs decent down at five flags to open this open the season. He comes up to Madison up by us. Just and he was a dumpster. He was a brick in the ocean. Like you dropped him in and he was he struggled and he didn't even get a provisional to get into the feature. So yeah. he came all the way up here and they said sorry. Oh, you're not, sorry. You're not the guy. Um so, but in the same sense, again, you got the Midwest Tour running with stars. So there was two provisionals for the Midwest Tour, two provisionals for the National Tour, which the two series running together is a whole other conversation in itself. Um, yep. <laughs> a little insider intel. Um, yep. uh, we'll maybe uh, discuss that at a later time. Yep. Once we have a some more insight that yep. <laughs> becomes what yep. is known. Um, but yeah, I think uh, after that Madison deal, I think he maybe was a little bit frustrated with the deal going, wait, what? Yeah. So let's, and it but, might be even kind of a, let's regroup. Let's run some races down South. Still let's go from there. Yeah. Um, kind of last little bullet point on Winchester here before we kind of go ahead and jump into some weekend previews. Um, Obviously, a lot of emotions are high. You have race cars in tech, and you have two haulers for Donnie Wilson with, in quotations, slashed tires, we will say. Um, both the 22 and the 28 both having uh, flat semi-hauler tires um, in tech. So, again, um, quite the move. Very interesting take. Um, too far, not too far. I don't know. I I think that you crossed the line there. But Cam, you've got a good expression. I'll let you go first <laughs> on that one. Let's see who's got the hot take here. 
I love it. Somebody was playing chess when they were playing checkers. <laughs> Yikes. Hold up. Hold up. Are those, are those cars in tech? You got it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I love it. Somebody's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. Wow. I mean... I mean, in all reality, no, that's that's too far. That's not okay. But Um, at the end of the day, we know that's not nasty because he's in tech. Somebody from his team say, and who's that's maybe where a couple of the four individuals came in. But yeah, at the end of the day, he also Ruggiero and Donnie Wilson. It wasn't like the crowd was like, "Hell yeah, he won that race!" Woo! Oh no, uh-uh. The got booed out of the place, and you could listen to it on the live stream too. So, I mean, Christ, even again, nasty, nasty. I mean, he's he's got a reputation behind him, but even he had some cheers going for him. Yeah, and honestly, for as hot as that was there for a little bit, his interview, I was expecting him to be like fired up. He was calm. He was calm, cool, collected. He said, I've been, he said, I've been young and dumb. I've done some dumb stuff and I've run some people over and I've done that. But he just basically said, we're, it's not like we're never going to run the same race together again. So I'm just going to keep that in the back of my mind. Yep. Um, No, I, I, just so we're clear, I'm not okay with the slashing of the tires. And I don't know who did it, but you'd have to think as hot as somebody on Nassie's team was and how hot Nassie's team was, you'd have to think. Again, total assumption, don't know who did it, but yeah, I lead you to think somebody on that team said, oh, yeah, you guys want to play games? I'll play games. Um, like, But, hey, all I know is on the pit crew, if we ever get back to the hauler and the tires are slashed, I'm the gas man, dude. I'm watching. I'm watching the fire changer. <laughs> well, I guess I'm shit out of luck, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll smack. Well, you hey, out. at least I got my Jack man with me here too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll throw, if our if our haulers tires are ever slashed, I'll be sure that puppy's full of gas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my my two cents here, real quick. You know, if it was just Ruggiero's hauler. You know, I, I think it would have been pretty obvious who it was, and everybody would have had a thought. But the Nancy yeah. team could have said, "Oh, I don't know what happened. Played it dumb, type of thing." But when yeah. you get two haulers involved, it's like, "Okay, come on!" Like, yeah. you gotta be smarter than that. Yeah, and especially Butcher, who had nothing to do with it. No, like, guys are trying fight. to. Them guys are probably trying to go home. You know, leave it. Leave them guys alone. Yeah, keep it. Keep it with who you got a. a uh, beef with yeah i agree yeah that was the butcher one was definitely way too far but yeah so and that was probably the nail in the coffin for them couple of guys for sure absolutely all right well that was i mean what was a wild 400 laps at winchester for for the stars ninth race of the year stole um, the headlines on the weekend yeah for real they really did. Um, so let's kind of go ahead and look into what do we got coming up here for the coming weekend. Uh, Van Grohl, I know you got a doozy. I can say the same. 
I'll let you go ahead and preview this one. Well, the alive for five. So I'm I'm bringing this one back because the last time I wore this T-shirt, they got rained out that weekend. So I'm going for the old for not here still uh, as far as my T-shirt wearers go. So this is still try number one. Um, but they lie, they lie for five at Dells. Um, they're going to have their rescheduled race from previously for this. Uh, we're going to have t- uh, twin feature races, twin 75 feature races to wrap up the live for five season. Um, I've always enjoyed this at the Dells. They always bring in a good car count, good crowd. Um, always put on a lot of good racing too. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, entry list came out here a couple days ago or yesterday. Real stout field, 33 cars. A um, couple guys, and, and this is the last hoorah, really, for the Midwest as far as races go for the year. So it's, hey, let's run her one more time before we, we drain everything out of it and close her up for the weekend. So um, Luke Fenhouse, he's your current points leader, four wins on the year. So he's basically got, he's won every time they've come out so far. Recently crowned Midwest Tour champ Gabe Somers. He's 26 points back, and Johnny DeAngelis is 35 points back. Um, definitely going to be three guys to keep an eye on this weekend as far as being favorites. Um, DeAngelis, he won, looking back at last year, uh, DeAngelis, he won the first twin feature. Max Kaler won feature two, which he can come out here every once in a while and, and put on a good race. He was quick for Midwest Tour at the Dells, too, for Jim Sauter. Yeah. Yep. Um, Litchfield, he's all Mike Litchfield. He's always a guy you got to keep an eye out for when they're racing out there. Um, he's really good at both the, uh, on the super late model side, but also the pro late model side. Um, they will not be racing this weekend, but it'll just be the super late. So he'll be somebody else to look at, keep an eye out for. Um, and then obviously Somers, he was last year's alive for five champ as well. So, Going to be good. Weather's looking great this weekend. It'll be nice and cool, so I bet you times are going to be pretty quick. So, going to be a good one with, especially with it being a day race. Green flags at two o'clock. I'm excited. It's going to be, it's going to be a blast. And yeah, especially we'll, to wrap we'll have, up the year. We'll have two guys there for a lot two of us. Boots on the ground. Yeah, you and I'll be there. So, um, but no, I mean that's a good season wrap up for a lot of guys. I mean, you got you got Casey Johnson coming out with the run again too. So, um. Um, a lot of guys have come on and said this is going to be the last run for the year. So, um, it's going to be a wicked race. Another side note with that too. This is also the championship race for the Midwest truck series. Yep. A little side note there. So, uh, James Swan, he's looking to wrap up another championship coming in. Um, no, this is going to be another good one of those of, you know, who could, who can come in and kind of steal a show here. Um, let me actually look here real quick and see if I can find it on the fly here. Daniel Bain, she comes out every once in a while. She ended up winning this race last year. So, yeah, we but no. for the Midwest Tour, we had that wicked wreck in the truck race. Yeah. I mean, we had a, a wicked track wreck. That truck hit the wall head on, lifted up off the ground, and they, they wrecked hard, probably six or eight trucks. So, not that you want to see that, um, yeah. but there's it's it's a little boring. There's going to be some some tough racing going on. Yeah. So, um, some other notables, Lil Bennett's going to be there. Casey Johnson, I'm excited to see him come back. I think these shorter racers are kind of playing in his favor now for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Johnny DeAngelis, Paulie Schaefer's on the list, holding my breath on that, but hoping he's there. I always like watching him race in the trucks. Um, 
Oh, yes, correct. Yes, he's going to be in the trucks. Yeah. Um, let's see who else we got here. Max Kaler is going to be there. MG Gajewski, old Jeffy Storm, good YouTube follow if you're looking for oh. some some content there. Ty Fredrickson, the the kid, see what he can do coming off of a a solid second place finish at Lacrosse. Yeah. Jordan Devoy, the old man's coming out of retirement again. He just couldn't stay away. Richie Bickles running too, so. Yeah, coming out of the woodwork, baby. <laughs> Um, no, again, always uh, always ends up being a great race, and it's going to be a great way to wrap up the season. Sweet. Cam, what do you got? Um, as we always do, wrapping a T-shirt. So, wrapping uh, the USA Nationals T-shirt. So, we're going on the dirt side. Uh, signed T-shirt. What? The signed T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I only got two. The back is the back is not so. Um, uh, yeah, I think I got just about everybody to sign the shirt. But um, we're going uh, to preview Lucas Oil and the Dirt Track World Championship this weekend at Eldora, Friday and Saturday night. Um, I love Eldora. Uh, big half mile track. Everybody's running every line. Um, so we're going to crown a champion. We got four guys running for the champion. We got JD, um, RTJ, Huddy, and Devin Moran. So those four guys are going to be duking it out in uh, two nights here to crown a champion. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an awesome show. Um, anytime there's cars at Eldora, it's always a good show. And, for perspective, um, JD won the dream in June, had a nice run there. Um, RTJ ran fourth, Huddy O'Neill ran seventh, and Devin Rand ran eighth. And then we went back there for another big show in September with the World 100. And then uh, JD ran second to another contender, Hudson O'Neill, who stole the show. RTJ ran 12th and Moran ran 23rd. And I think he might've had a mechanical failure, but no, it's going to be a, it's going to be a wild show. And um, the only two guys I allowed to sign the front of the shirt were JD and then RTJ. So um, (laughs) those are the only two on the front of the shirt. And I think it's going to be a, it'll be a heck of a show. And the boys are going to leave it all on the track. Um, they were talking about uh, it was uh, I don't forget what the segment was on Castro two weeks ago. Um, fast five minutes with Ricky Thornton Jr. and when they mm-hmm. did like a little five minute interview with them, and he just said, "When we get ready to go to Eldora, everything will be brand new." So, um, I did see when you say that I did see he just shook a car down at Charlotte. Was it Charlotte? I believe. Well, because uh, they're running there in a couple of weeks too. Yeah. In quotations, the car Bob felt good and was ready to go. So obviously he's got he's gonna come with the best of the best, um, looking to to wrap up an insane year on his end. But then you look at Jonathan Davenport, up and down year, but anytime he steps, anytime he's got a car on the track at Eldora, uh, you've got to figure he's He's in the mix, uh, savvy vet there. But um, then you even go to Hudson O'Neill. 
we ride or die on that cushion. So <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be throwing it up there. He was winning the the Castro night or Castro race there in April. Threw it up on the high side, blew a, blew a right rear tire. Mikey Marler swung in and won that. So yeah, it's gonna be a wild race. Devin Moran kind of had a year that snuck in there late in the last race there uh, over Overton, but um, it's gonna be a good show. Uh, these these three guys, Hudson, Ricky Thornton Jr., JD, all had wild years, and we got two nights to settle it and crown a champion. So it's gonna be good. Yeah. So kind of going on to that, let's as we usually make picks. Um, who who do you fellas have for your twenty twenty three Lucas Oil Super Late Model Champion? Well, it looks like you're giving me the first pick because I am the rookie when it comes to this whole dirt scene with you guys. So, and I appreciate the offer on that. Um, I have definitely gotten to enjoy the Lucas Oil Dirt Series. I have they've put on some pretty good races when I've had the opportunity to watch them. Um, I'm trying to get myself more in that dirt scene. Um, no, it's it's always puts on a good show. And if I got to pick somebody, boy, <laughs> you got a lot of a guy that's coming in with confidence. I'm going to nab him from you guys early. I'm going to go with RTJ. Okay. Am? Well, I wasn't going to go complete bias, even though I'm repping his ranch app, but I'm picking Jonathan Davenport. Okay. All right. That's obviously the first two. Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I got, I'm going to take the rider guy with the cushion. I'll take. Hoodie, I'll take the new deal. Just out of curiosity, who who was your number one pick if you would have gone number one? Me? Yeah. Who was your number one pick if you were to go first? God damn, I don't know, man. (laughs) Uh, JD runs more consistent there. I think it would have to be JD. Sure. Yeah, I think that's the story. That's the storyline going into this weekend. You have RTJ, who's had an insane year. Has won damn near every track he's showed up to. So he's had a rocket ship. With the asterisk, he hasn't ran that well at Eldora. True, and the points reset. Correct. Who are you you talking for? Ricky Thornton Jr. Oh, RTJ, sure. Yeah, he's won everything he's showed up to this year or been in the top three with the asterisk of Eldora. So it's like... He's been hot, like you said, confident in everything he's doing. He's showing up there. You got Hudson O'Neill, who's Coming had off. a heck of a year as well, and he's shown he's got the speed at Eldora. He was leading Castro in April, just yeah. won the world in September, so he's going to be a threat. And then you got the savvy vet, J.D., who every time he shows up there. Shows up for them crown jewels. Shows up for the crown jewels, runs well, and he's got it dialed in. So you might be sitting pretty here. You you pretty much got your pick that you wanted, and yeah, and but I'm good again, pick, honey. I'm okay with that. Oh no, you know, uh, yeah, those, those three guys, and I mean, we're even counting out Moran. He's had a solid year too. Um, kind of, I would say a little bit out of nowhere. Um, he's had a solid year, but yeah. I would say it's going to come down to three, three. Out of the four, I think it's going to come down to the three that we just picked. And yeah, well, for sure. 
It's the same well, thing with NASCAR. It takes one well, thing, one one. You got your power three, and yep. And it takes one bad thing. It takes one thing to go wrong. Yep. And well, look at look at the world. How many how many tire issues did they have? Yeah, yeah. that's all well, it takes. Where the yep. hell was it at Knoxville that JD was leading and he wrecked? Yeah. Yes, because yeah. that was the, he made his Knoxville comment. Then after that, yeah, he Dumb. made the yeah, yep. So yeah, he was leading at Dumb. Knoxville and he dumps it. <laughs> so I mean, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. No, I've, nonetheless, it's going to be a heck of a show. Um, and obviously, Eldora is just a great track. You got everybody running anywhere. You got Hudson O'Neill, who's going to be damn near glued to the top, to the wall. And then you got JD, who's always solid around the bottom. He'll go up top if he has to. And then like he did at the world, he goes up top and then he smashes in the right rear. But yeah, it's going to be a wild show. So if you got time Friday and Saturday night, you got flow racing. Dial because get flow racing for this. Yeah, it's going to be. Cal and me and you are going to be hauling ass home for this one. Yeah, dude. You going me. south, me going north. We're going to be hauling ass. <laughs> yeah. Trying to it, get there it, from the Dells, yeah. It's gonna be, it'll be, it's going to be a wild show. And uh, looking forward to it. Last big show of the year if for Lucas Oil, unless some of these guys might catch some of them at Charlotte. But, yeah. Oh, I would doubt it. Putting a, putting a wrap on the dirt season is sad as it is to say. So, Friday and Saturday night, Eldora. We're crowning a champion. Tune in. Yeah. For sure. What do, you, what do you got, Cal? And um, last one for the year. We're in the playoffs. I mean, how can we not go back to the Cup Series? Um, not that we haven't kept an eye on the other NASCAR touring series or the NASCAR Top 3 Series. Um, but um, let's kind of take a look back at Homestead for 2022. Um, here are your top finishers. Um from 2022, you got Kyle Larson winning the race, uh, Ross Chastain P2, AJ Elmendinger 3, Austin Dillon 4, Brad K5, Martin Truex 6, Denny Hamlin 7. So you got a handful of playoff guys there um, that are looking to lock themselves into the round of four. So Interesting dynamic up there. Got Chastain up there last year. You got Dinger. Wow, P3 for him. Pretty solid, Austin Dillon. So um, so now I think kind of looking back this way, um, let's go ahead and make our picks, and we'll go reverse order on the old fantasy deal. Um, so I'll go ahead and throw it to myself because, you know, we had – we the three of us had five of the same six guys. I was the only one that picked somebody different. So it wasn't gained, like we were, really I gained crazy. a whole whopping eight points on you. Yep. For sure. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to do something crazy. I'm just going to come on and say it. MTJ. Ooh. I'm going to take him. I'm going to take my guy. 
he's going to get in. He's going to lock himself in. He ran well there last year. Uh, I'm feeling good about it. He's feeling good. He had a tough year last year, I would say, for his standard. Team's feeling good. He's feeling better. Bass Pro Shops 19. He's in. Uh, pick two. We'll go we to me and Van Girl tied because we literally had the entire same yeah. lineup. So, Van Girl, I'll let you take honors. All right. Um, your mind's at. So, I've done absolutely no research into this, which could come back to bite me, but also could help me because we know how I get analysis by paral- or paralysis by analysis. Um, Where? <laughs> Give me Hamlin. Give me Hamlin. (laughs) Wow. I I had a thought, and just because, well, I'll I'll let you go first, Cam, and then I'll kind of give you my thought. You want my pick? Sure, go for it. Yeah, twenty four. Okay. Fire it is. That's a good pick too. Damn it! I got. I never thought of that. Yeah. (laughs) he <laughs> doesn't do his analysis <laughs> um, no I was I was actually halfway thinking about Larson because he won this race last year but I, you know going back to our conversation from before he's already locked in so how am, not ambitious but will he um, you know will he be as competitive as you know he would have been if he didn't win or is he going to be over aggressive to get a position and maybe catch the wall sure yep so, same thing, yeah. Same double edge. I'll, I'll, obviously, I'm sticking with Hamlin. I'm I'm going with it. Sweet. I'm padding. I'm padding my playoff pick, my championship four pick. Willie B is going to win this thing. He's solid mile and a half tracks. He's got a rocket ship. He he's solid wherever he goes. And plus nine people are going to be like, oh yeah, he's comfortable. He's just going to ride around. No, he's not riding around. He's going there to win this thing. So. Okay. All right. There you have it for the NASCAR uh, side of things here. A couple other, just to mention them, a few things just to kind of keep an eye on as well as the weekend goes. um, You got the World Outlaw Sprint Cars at the Devil's Bowl. So um, if you haven't kind of kept tabs on the Dirt World, the Devil's Bowl at the end of the year, um, closing up shop, unfortunately, again, another track we're losing, but um, they've put together a hell of a purse to bring everybody out there for that feature um, at Devil's Bowl. So that's kind of a pretty cool deal there to kind of give them a good little send off. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, Friday is twelve is a twelve thousand payday, and then Saturday is twenty thousand twenty three dollars with nine. It's nineteen thousand or sorry, not nineteen one thousand nine hundred seventy eight. Uh, to start that race. So honoring the uh, couple of years of, you know, opening up in, in 78 and closing this year. So um, overall for the two day weekend, it's $140,000 in, in two day purse overall. So good, good, so good chunk now, of change getting thrown around. Now I'm thinking, I don't know if you mentioned Kellen, but that's where the world outlaw sprint cars started. Yes. Was founded. Um, oh, was, was yeah. at devil's bowl. So yep. um, that's where series kind of was founded and took off and so it's nice to see nice to see some other people step up and make it a big payday uh for you know one less hoorah but as we always say just another reason to 
get out yeah. to tracks when you can. Um, For sure. One other one to kind of keep an eye on uh, this weekend is you're going to have the Cars Tour at Tri-County. Um, that one you can catch on floor racing as well. Yep. I do believe that that is the, as they would call it, the penultimate race of the year for them, the second to last race of the year. Correct. Uh, so they're coming down coming down on the points hunt there. So as things start to tighten up with them guys, um, they're looking at getting those few extra points or positions here and there to try to get to that championship. So a couple quick headlines with that 30,000 to win um, Connor Hall, the NASCAR weekly series champ. He's coming back to the cars tour after taking some time to focus on that. He'll be running. I know why you're laughing. Shut up, <laughs> shut up. Uh Here's something that just was announced this week. The, this may be the uh, follow-up with our little Winchester deal. Old yep. Steven Nassi and Gio Ruggiero are going to be running this race. Oh, together? They're both running this race. Yeah, okay, I didn't see. I did see that Nassi posted on Twitter that they got they got the stuff to go run with the cars tour. I didn't see that Ruggiero did, but yep. Uh, so yeah, old Gio Ruggiero is also running this race. Timothy Peters making a comeback into this race as well, too. So. Yeah. Yep. Couple couple of headlines going in there along with your your regular crowd of drivers. Yeah. John Lee, man, dude, I hope come here all can stand. Oh my god, <laughs> dude, grace control. What are you doing? <laughs> hey, this is a Dale Junior, Jeff Burton, Arvick, and, and this is a NASCAR run show here. We damn well better not have any of those issues. Yeah, no. I just hope he doesn't go 49 laps down again. Yikes. You start swinging at Harvick or Dale Jr., you're going to have another thing coming. Yikes. Oh, Harvick will come at you, too. He ain't taking no shit. He ain't afraid of anybody. So, um, any kind of last little thoughts here? God damn it. Before we kind of wrap this whole deal up for the night? No, another great week of racing coming up. Racing season is coming to a wind, you know, as we always say, make sure you get out to the short tracks, especially as they wind it closer down in the year End the year off with a bang. For sure. No, uh, no, no thoughts here. Well, actually, yeah, I always say no thoughts, but I got thoughts. Um, Yeah, no, solid weekend last weekend for kind of what was uh, NASCAR did put on a decent show, but was for kind of a slow weekend by our standards in the racing world. So, yeah, as you mentioned, we're getting down to championship season. So there's no given, there's no give and take now. It's it's gotta go. So looking forward to I'm really looking forward to the uh Lucas Oil. Um I really have grown to love the late model scene, dirt late model scene. So um think that's gonna be a heck of a show. And um yeah, looking forward to Willie B getting a, getting another win, and then hopefully we don't have some of the headlines in the short track scene from the Dells that we did from Winchester. So, or sure. continuation in the cars. Yeah. So, no, it's going to be a good weekend. Um, look to wrap up kind of one of the first series that we've been following along with with Lucas Oil. So, uh, we'll be crowning a champion there, and um, yeah, looking forward to a heck of a weekend. Yeah, so kind of building on your point, Cam, there. Uh, fewer races to watch this weekend, but 
fewer is an understatement when they say that they mean a whole lot more. Um, so if you're going to get a chance to watch a good dirt late model race, we got guys duking it all for a title. So um, that's pretty cool. Well, it's been a pretty, pretty crazy episode again. Episode five brings you everything from NASCAR to national tour, late model racing to what is going to be a Lucas Oil super late model champ. So, um, man, <laughs> what are you laughing at down there? Come on now. Got him on a roll. Can a guy wrap this up so we can get, get oh. the crowd out of here? Come on. <laughs> Got everything covered in this episode from NASCAR to dirt to short track to 49 laps down and slashing tires, baby. I was about to say, we <laughs> yeah. better get out of here before we do fall lap down. <laughs> okay. <No kidding. laughs> hey, before you go lap down. No tires, just feel only stop. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all right. Yeah, it's been hey, it's been another great episode. Um, always got some guys that got a few controversial takes in some fashion. I think it even fits the t-shirt I got on. A little hey, nasty tonight. So um yeah, another another great episode. Um, as always. As you guys are kind of looking through these episodes and catching our segments and doing things like that, always like video, always comment your race picks below. Um, be happy to hustle, hustle you a little bit and see what, what and why and who you picked them for what reason. Um, so always comment any of your race winners below if there's something you want us to cover or there's a big race coming up, always let us know. But other than that, that puts a wrap on episode number five. Thanks for tuning in. As always, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week.